Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Alison. Thank you, Elise. Thank you, Alf. Um, it's um, time for um, some kids and others to exit. Um, babysit is now open and get excited. Um, for the first time for 2023, um, Pathway Kids is on. So, Pathway Kids is for four years old to grade six. So if you fit into that category, four years old to grade six, then Pathway Kids is for you. And if you're younger than that, well, you're not going to work out what I'm saying. But if you have kids younger than that, um, then Babysit is open. And I think Larissa and Anika are on Babysit. Can I ask Ruth to come and share congregational prayer? Ruth. Oh, Ruth. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I was just, that song, Speak, O Lord, speak and let us hear, speak and let us be open to whatever it is you want to say to us today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you, the Lord, Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of our church, Lord of our hearts, speak to us, we pray. Teach us and give us the grace to follow you, dear Lord, to worship you, to love you, to know you. You are amazing, so such an amazing God. Oh, Father, we pray that today you will make yourself real to us and give us hearts that will love you and follow you and worship you. We pray that you will forgive us where we have displeased you this week so many times in many ways. Lord, we are, we are certainly nowhere near perfect. And so we ask you now that you will show us where we need to confess our sin and that you will forgive us and give us the grace to follow you and a heart that wants to love you and follow and serve you. Please, we pray that you will do that in us. And Lord, we come to you for Etienne and Donna. We ask you that you will give them a really wonderful time away. Pray that you will be very real to them. We pray that whatever they are facing, that you will give them grace to just know your presence and your help and your guidance in everything. But let it be a refreshing time so that when they come back, they will be ready to take up the... Um, the reins again to take up the job that you have given them to do and to do it gladly and to your glory. Father, we want to pray today for school. We pray, Father, for both teachers and students. And we ask you that you will do in every person what you want. Lord, we pray. We pray for students who struggle that you will help them. We pray that children will know and adults, young people, will know that you are there and you are able to do in them what you want. We pray that teachers will be given grace to make the classroom a place of acceptance and discipline and joy and learning and encouragement 
Lord, we pray that you will give them grace to know who wants special attention. We pray for children that you will give them the ability to learn joyfully, that school will be a good experience for them. We pray that your will will be done. But we pray for both teachers and students that everyone will be aware of why we learn. We learn because you have given us the ability and you have a plan for every life. You know what you want every child to do in the, in the future, every teenager, every college student, and every teacher. You have a purpose for them all. And we pray that they will fulfill that purpose, that you will fulfill that purpose in them and give them the willingness to allow you to do what you want to do in their lives, we pray. Father, we pray today, we know that probably every one of us has special needs that we just need your, your grace, your wisdom, your strength, your help, your guidance. Lord, you know what all of these things are. Every one of us has something. And so we pray that you yourself will not only meet us, but help us to trust you. Lord, help us to know that you have a, a purpose for us and that you will fulfill that purpose in us, that you will help us to turn to you in our struggles, in our grief, in our hopelessness maybe. Lord, as someone said, we don't know what to do. And so we ask you, and we turn to you, and we ask you for help. And we thank you that you will give it, because you are our dear Lord and Savior. You are the one who is so close to us. And we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.
As, uh, as I mentioned, today's uh, message is an interactive one. Uh, we're calling it a Bible workshop where we read and examine a portion of scripture. In a moment, I'm going to ask uh, Gabe to come up and read a passage from Genesis, and then Jess and I will work through it. And um, we're hoping that together we seek and we see the truth and the beauty of the word. Uh, as I mentioned, this is in a sense an introduction to half a dozen sessions um, that we plan to do here on Sunday evenings, and we'd love uh, lots of people to join us for that, uh, but more on that later. Um, Gabe, you're up. Do you want this? You can use that? Okay. Good morning, everyone. My name's Gabe, and today I'll be reading from Genesis 22, verse 1 to 19. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged, his, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not, uh, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me, from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. <laughs> well done, Gabe. Hang on, that's not all, Gabe. Um, can you give me a hand with this? Look at this guy. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Gabe. Yep. Um, so, the 
first of the two passages that we're going to look at, or we're planning to look at today, is it is it a historical narrative? Um, when I say um, we were going to, I'm not sure that we'll get to the um, the second passage. We'll see how we go for time. We've certainly done the preparation, but um, we'll respect your time too. Um, so. Before we look at this passage, and perhaps um, as we do that, if you've got your Bible open or your app open, um, leave it there because we're going to um, ask you to have a look at these verses and help Jess and I uh, examine them. But before we do, um, and one of the things that we'll talk about as we do this Bible workship, work, sh workshop, as we do this Bible workshop here on Sunday evenings, um, is we will look at the context of the passage. So we're in the, um, the 22nd chapter of the first book of the Bible. Um, the first 11 chapters... Oh, thank you, Jess. Um, the first 11 chapters are the story of creation, uh, the fall into sin, uh, the coming of death, the account of the first peoples of the world, uh, the Great Flood, the Tower of Babel. All that takes part in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. And then in chapter 12, um, we come to Abraham. Now, those first chapters aren't just some nice little stories. Uh, they're integral, and they set the scene for everything that then plays out in the remaining 38 chapters of Genesis, and in fact, in the remaining 65 books of the Bible. Um, but in chapter 12... Um, in the first few verses where we meet Abraham, uh, God sets up his plan um, for God's people in God's place under God's rule. The way he's going to show himself and the means by which he's going to turn hearts to himself. So chapter 12 of Genesis is where we meet Abraham, or the end of verse, into chapter 11, really. But let me just read a couple of verses from the beginning of chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And then in chapter 15 uh, is the promise of a family. And it probably won't be lost on you that if God is to build a great nation um, from Abraham, it would be good if Abraham had some kids. Um, and at this stage, he didn't. And he was pretty old, as was his wife. The first few verses of chapter 15. Um, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my house will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up in, at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. 
Abraham was about 100, um, and his wife was pretty close to that too. Um, so in chapter 15, and um, then in chapter 17, um, we meet some of the covenants. We read of some of the covenants that God made with Abraham, notably the covenant of circumcision. Uh, and then finally, in chapter 21, Isaac arrives. The first few verses of chapter 21. Oh, thank you, Jess. Mm. <laughs> Um, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abram gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. That's chapter 20, 21. Now Gabe just read to us from chapter 22, and in a sense chapter 22 is the climax of God's dealings with Abraham. So that brings us to where we are today. Um, the first chapters of Genesis um, really set the scene for the whole Bible. Um, the first chapters, or the, the first account of Abraham sets the scene for the plan of redemption that God then follows through the rest of humanity. Um, and Jess is going to take a closer look at chapter 22, the passage that we've just read. All right, so um, we also want to show you a bit about how you look at a biblical historic narrative. Um, and so it's a big story, um, and we have to nut out how we're going to find the truth and beauty of the Bible. Now, one great way to do this is look for the upper and the lower story that are going on in the, in the story, that, such as we're reading today. So the upper story tells... The God part. Um, it's the grand narrative of God seeking to be in relationship with mankind as it unfolds um, throughout history, throughout the Bible. It's, it can be seen to build on a nice churchy word, biblical theology, so which is the whole story of the whole Bible, um, the process of God's self-revelation deposited into scripture. Um, and this is really your across the Bible. Um, no, sorry, sorry. This is really the along. We're going along the whole Bible, along the story of the Bible. Now, the lower story contains the details of particular people, how they act, how they respond, their everyday, their actions, their reactions. So we've got, say, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, the flood. We've got Abraham and Isaac. It's not a perfect fit, but it can build what we call systematic theology, which is where major themes give major truths and doctrines. So we collect passages to form doctrine. Um, the way people respond, the way they act, the way they interact with God can at times build and inform our systematic theology, those categories of the Bible. This is your across. This isn't just going from A to B of the Bible, it's going here and there and back and forth, so we're going across the Bible. Okay, so the lower story, sorry, helps us better understand the upper story. And it makes it real and lived and every day. The two stories become the framework around which we approach and apply the Bible then to our story. The two stories unify God's whole message to us, reminding us of God's eternal 
long-range plan, but putting experiences of individuals into this divine context. So, I've got a lot of where I've got to in this passage from just simply the NIV and the ESV study Bible, um, which is fairly accessible to anyone, really. Um, but what, and what we're going to do is, if you've got your Bible or your phone open or whatever, we're going to start with defining the lower story. I'll be a little acronym. So, we're going, so you, what can you see happening in a lower story way? We're talking about who. We're talking about the people in the story, what they're doing, how they're acting, what, they're, how they're, what are their responses. Anybody? Yeah, okay. So, um, who are the people in the lower story? Mm -hmm. So, this is the passage that, that Gabe just read. You go. Oh, you've Pardon? Abraham. Abraham, yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Two There's two servants, yep. There's another quite significant character, Sunday School Answer. The Ram, yes, yes. Still looking for that Sunday School Answer. Jesus God. God is definitely acting. Even though we're talking lower story, he's still, it's the sort of interaction bit we're looking for that God's doing. Uh, pardon? Yes, yeah, so we've got all that context that in a way builds into our story, doesn't it? We've got all what's been before playing out. Um, if we break down Abraham, what's he, what's he doing? What's he done? What's, what do we read? Mm -hmm. So that's our big context. Yep, so he's going to, yep, that's going to play around. That's the wife and the mother. Yep. And in our actual verses 1 to 19, what's Abraham doing? Obeying God. Obeying God. Yep, what else is he sort of doing? Yep, there's a test going on, isn't there? Yep, absolutely. And it's really the greatest demand that God could ask of him. Give me back your son, the son that I've put all the promise into. So we've got um, God doing that, asking that huge test of Abraham. Um, it's interesting to note that being God, he never intended for Isaac to die. He, he knows the whole story. He's very much intending Abraham to be tested. Abraham's obeying. He is proving faithful. He's trusting. Um, he's showing his, he, that he reveres and fears the Lord. Um, what does Isaac do? He does question. Yep. So he's, got a, he's questioning, but what... He is. I find it it's crazy. He, he does ask a really good question. And then the next thing we hear is laying on a pile of sticks. Like, crazy story. There better be, a good, there better be more, into it, more in it than that. So he trusts and obeys his father. What's God doing? And we'll probably not get too technical because we'll get quite technical when we get to the upper story. But what's God doing in a very basic sense, how it, how it affects the people that are playing out the story. Yep. He comes in at the last minute and he provides. Yep. And then at the very end, he um, sort of, he, he, he speaks into it again. He obviously speaks in the beginning calling Abraham to do this. But at the end, um, he speaks in to a promise and a blessing. So we've got, he, we've got those things that God's sort of doing. Um, 
Ununderstandable. Yeah. yeah, it's like if if there is no upper story to this story, this is a bad story. Because you've got God who you're supposed to trust and who has promised all this thing. Oh, now just toss him on a pile of sticks and burn him up. It's like, what is going on? This is a bad story if there's not more to this story. Yeah. So it's so there's we've got to get through we've got to get through both parts of this to see this big theology that's coming out. Yes, notice that we think God always turns up at the last minute, because he does. Mm-hmm. But he's at the beginning. Mm. So it's always through this that we see the final result. Yeah, and he's been there all the time. Because yes, he he's never intending Isaac to die, and we can know that in retrospect. And he's he's promised to Isaac and um, promised this generational as many as the stars in the sky. That's all still true, regardless of that. Yeah, good. All right, let's hit the upper story. So this is the upper story. Um, So now what we're looking for is basically hints in the passage that are pointing us to God. And just to, um, you know, what do you do that when you sort of let you in on a side note? It's We're really looking at Jesus here. There's lots of Jesus hints in this passage. Um, So we've got, what can you see? And this is probably where you need your text. Um, It's all through the passage. um, Anything that you can see that makes you go, hang on, there's a Jesus in that. Provide, yep, yep. So provide's a good one. Um, God's definitely providing in Jesus. Promised on his son, I love it. There's, and that's happened. That's happened a few, noted a few times through the passage. We hear only son. We hear the, you know, whom you love, the son whom you love, your only son, your only son, your only son. Actually, happens three times in the passage, and the person that says it in the passage is God. God names up Isaac as Abraham's only son. It's not, and it's not a coincidence that we know Jesus as the only son of the Father. Yeah, was there? Mm. Yep, so that, that same wording, Sam, only son, whom I love, all there, yep. We've got, yes, in verse 12, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Um, God does not withhold from us his only son. Yep. Sacrifice, big biblical word. So we've got sacrifice. We've got sacrifice him as a burnt offering. So this is this is this idea of total consecration. So sacrifice here in this text in across the Bible, we see it as that that coming before God in total submission. We see it as an act of worship, um, and that would be some of what Abraham is performing, an act of response and worship to God and at a lot of times and as we'll see it pulled out there's an atonement aspect to this sacrifice so we have this saying sorry and this making right that sacrifice often means Um, so that's in there anything else we've got the lamb lamb's huge too isn't it so it said a ram but we hear the lamb God will provide the lamb there's there's references to the Lamb, and we know Christ as the Lamb of God. So that's no coincidence either. Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, so... 
Yep. Yep. Yes, there's very... Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that, yes, very much shows us the Jesus. Jesus willingly came, obeyed the Father. Um, yep, so there's some other things that are interesting to note about Isaac. He carries the wood. The wood is placed on Isaac as he goes up the mountain. You can see a bit of a Jesus in that. Jesus carries the cross, the wooden cross that is to, he is to be sacrificed on. Probably not a coincidence. Um, you can see, what else can we see? I think we've got... Yeah, I noticed that too, the third day. Yeah, and that could be somewhat significant. It's definitely a Jesus word in three days, you know. Yes, Carla. <laughs> Do you have something to share with us? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the Abraham back here, there's some really wacky stories about him and he doesn't have a lot of trust at times and he doesn't have a lot of obedience. Um, he tries to figure it out himself. And um, But the Abraham of 22, that's why it's climactic of Abraham. We see that God has been at work in his life, bringing him to this place where he then acts as righteous. He um, obeys and he does something that blows our mind. Would we do that? Maybe if you journeyed as Abraham had. Maybe. We'd hope so. We could do. Um, with that, it made me think of something. Anyway. All right. So do we have more? We've got the sun. We've got... Oh, yeah. With that, the trust. Abraham then, what does Abraham say in verse 5 to his servant? Can any, anyone got their Bible open? We, we will come back, isn't it? So he's gone. He believes God so much that if the promised child was killed, then God must have another plan to raise him. Just And God more or less raises Isaac back up. He says, give him to me, and then God gives him back. And we have Christ given and yet raised back up three days later. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he must have. He's this God that promised through Isaac. So he's not going to change his mind. So yeah, he's got that belief in raising back up of Isaac. <laughs> However it's going to work, he's going to trust God on this. So it's huge. So I think to keep looking at, it's probably sacrifices. Uh, if we go back to that, um, we've got... Um, We've got the fact that... Um, no, we'll probably first go... Wait, one more thing. Yes, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got this job to do. Yeah, and then, yeah. So if we look at more on that lamb, the, the, where is the lamb? God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. The ram instead of Isaac... The Lord will provide on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. And it's possible that this mountain was the mountain that the temple was later built on. This is all very picture of substitution as part of atonement. And that's how God works. The way he says the sorry, the right making of a, of a sacrificial atonement is that the guilty party won't have to die to live. And for Isaac to live, 
He will not have to die. The ram will die instead of Isaac, just as Christ will die for us and a, as a substitute atonement for us instead of so that we can live. Um, so that is your big part in terms of this sacrifice. This, this, is, this is really hitting home to showing us Jesus. So we've got a lot of Jesus in that whole substitute, the lamb, the ram, the Lord providing on this mountain, just as on the mountain um, at Golgotha, on this mountain, God on a cross provides the way. So we see Jesus in that. Um, and then when we get to the end, we see this, um, that sacrifice um, is often seen associated with solemn promises um, in response to, you had Noah do it um, when he was given a covenant, covenant after the flood, um, I will never flood the earth again. Um, and the, the aroma of the sacrifice goes up to God and the response comes down of that promise, that covenant to the world that we still live under. And we see there's another promise that comes along and it's in verse 16 to 18. I swear by myself, which God gets to do because he's the top authority and he's got no one else to swear by. That's a double promise. I swear by myself, declares the Lord. I will surely bless you. And make your descendants numerous. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. This looks similar to what Mike read earlier in Genesis 12, 2 to 3. We've got, I will bless you. You will be a blessing to others. I will make you numerous. I will make you a great nation. So, And it's supposed to, it sort of bookends. There's a little bit more Abraham after 22. But it off bookends that. Um, story of Abraham and the way that Abraham this comes this promise to Abraham comes to its full fulfillment is in Christ Jesus because God provides Jesus to be the sacrifice to make an, the greatest nation that there is the people of God all of us today all of those before to come the people of God the great nation that God says I will bless the world through and the only way that comes together is Jesus Christ so Jesus is the sacrifice in our place so that we can live blessed in a great, as a great nation. This all is, yeah, this is all Jesus. This, this is this upper story. This is true and true and how they, they interact. And then we, what we do is when we look for the upper story, we're supposed to see what we've just seen there in the Bible stories. We're supposed to see Jesus. Um, I guess that's, there's more, there's always more. You can do lots with it. But what we want to do then is get this lower story and this upper story and put them together and take them down to apply. When you finish off sort of working through a passage, you look for what's going on on a lower story level. You, you remember your context. You look at that upper story you get that theology out of it and then you go, well, so what? You apply it to us and we can apply it to us this morning with the fact that Abraham, Isaac, pathway, are saved the exact same way. The father provides his promised, precious, loved only son to the world to be the substitute sacrifice to atone so that all may be blessed. The lower story, though, is an example of faith, trust. It's a call to obedience. 
The upper story, though, shows us that we can act this way. We can do what Abraham did. We can journey through his story to, to do what he did in 22. We can, and Isaac too, we can act trust, we can obey, we can have faith. Because the upper story is true, true for us. It's an, it, is, it shows us that the Lamb of God has been provided so that we can make a way into obedience and faith and trust in Jesus, in God, and act on that. So that's Genesis 22. Where are we up to, time-wise? Because what the plan is, which we don't need to do today, is this. So there is... There, this is a, we, we won't do this? No, we won't okay. do this. No, no. This is a very different passage. This is a letter to the Church of Ephesus, like Mike said, the book of Ephesians. And we don't look... There is an upper and lower story. There's always a, there is God's call and talk and interaction. There is our response and all that going on, even in these three... These are three verses from Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. But we would work through it differently. But what we're going to do is get then will to read it to us as the Bible reading. Oh, no, Claire's going to read it. And she's just going to read it. And as you read, this is the truth. This is Abraham, what we learnt from Abraham. This is the grace of God through the faith saving us so that we can obey, so we can do good works. There's much to do. And those, the works of obedience and faith and trust. So let's read it to finish. And maybe one other day we'll nut it out. Uh, So Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so uh, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Claire. So just to be clear, we're not going to work through that um, today. But if you are here today, and this has come home to you in some way, um, for it is by grace you have been saved, um, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Um, And you can't boast about that um, because God did all this um, through Jesus. And he's got work for us to do. If that's speaking to you today, if any of this is speaking to you today, we would love to explore some more of this with you today um, through the leadership praying with you, and we can do that as we finish our service. Um, Which I think we will come to now. So can I... No, before we sing... Sorry. No, let's let's sing. If I could ask the music team to come up and, and... Give us our closing song or share with us our closing song and then I'll finish off.